The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Finish Strong Friday. It is a Picks Friday. It is a Winner's Friday edition of the mighty RTFP presented by DraftKings. Although, actually, it's not a Picks Friday. I am making no picks. Instead, we are talking with Albert Breer momentarily. I think he's the best combo insider slash writer in professional football. You need to be following him on social media at Albert Breer. As we've done the last couple weeks, when I have a guest, I don't like to make them wait. So we'll get to the winners, the spread the word winner, sponsor confirmation email winner, YouTube shout out winner a little bit later. We're going to get right to Albert Breer. It's big show time. So I really mean this when I say it. Albert knows (laughs) I feel this way. If you combine the information and the writing, if you don't read Albert's Monday morning column, you're just doing it wrong. I mean, unbelievable how much information goes into it. How many people you talk to, Albert. It's incredible. The MMQB.com, I mentioned at Albert Breer. Albert, I wanted you on today because I feel like, as much as anybody, you'll have an insight into this Brian mm-hmm. Flores lawsuit. And I'm sure you've talked to people. Yeah. I like to just, first question, blank canvas, blank slate. Your, your reaction, what jumps out to you? Um, I'm sure you've been asked about it a million times the last 48 hours. I want to know what your what your your go to line is right now. Yeah, I mean, I think Ross, this is not about one person's situation so much as it is, I think, collective frustration boiling over. And you know, so much work has been done over the last nineteen years. Um, you know, since the Rooney Rule went in in two thousand and three, and I really think like a huge piece of this is the amount of qualified candidates there were this year. And the number of openings. All right. And, you know, I think in past years you could say, okay, well, this candidate was passed over a couple of times. That candidate was passed over a couple of times. But the, you know, just sheer number of guys and like the variety of guys, like you had second chance guys like Todd Bowles and Leslie Frazier. 
you had a guy who was once like the young flame out that was coming back in in Raheem Morris, who's you know kind of rebound has mirrored Josh McDaniels. And then you had a couple of former players who I think are really intriguing and kind of the Mike Vrabel mold in, um, you know, in, in, in D'Amico Ryans and Gerard Mayo. And so you had all of these qualified candidates. And then in a year when I think most of us felt like there was only going to be five or six openings, now there are nine. And right now they're 0 for 6. And so, you know, I think the collective frustration reached a tipping point. And I think that's the first thing that sort of comes to mind here is that's the, this is a collective frustration reaching a tipping point. And then just talking to a couple of people yesterday, I think the way we have to look at this, right? This is Brian Flores changing the venue. Um, you know, 19 years ago, and I know a lot of people don't remember this, but the impetus for the Rooney rule was actually the threat of a lawsuit. Johnny Cochran putting out the report on minority coaches and the lack of diversity in the coaching ranks. I believe at the time there were only two blackhead coaches. It was Tony Dungy and Herm Edwards. And over the previous 22, you know what it was? Over the previous 82 years of professional football, there had only been six black coaches. So they put the Rooney rule in, and it was the league's effort to keep it out of the courts and move it back into the league's processes, Right. And so what Brian Flores is doing here is saying the league's process doesn't work, so we're going to move it back to the courts now. And I don't think the hope is that, you know, how this is about a legal win. I think this is about, you know, the collective group reaching a point of frustration and somebody having the willingness to stick their neck out there and saying we have to put that sort of pressure on the owners. And in that way, it's not totally unlike the concussion case, Ross. You know, like because the concussion case, I mean, the league proved to ex-players like yourself over and over and over again that through their own processes, they weren't going to make change. So all the ex-players decide we got to take it to the courts. So that's what's happening here. Man, I'm glad I gave you a blank slate. I think it's interesting that I asked you about the lawsuit and you referenced your, your focus is on the Rooney rule on the coaching hiring as opposed to the Stephen Ross incentivizing losses, because I guess that's oh, the that part one. that jumped out to me. Yeah. Because that's, you know, affects the outcome of games. Mm -hmm. It's new, it's unique. Whereas I don't mean to downplay the hiring cycle at all, but we talk about the Rooney rule every year. I mean, we talk about this yeah. every year, and that doesn't make it better. That probably makes it worse. Uh, but to me, the Stephen Ross thing is. Yeah. Um, that's a whole new arena and feels issue like Shoeless that Joe. I've never heard of before. Yeah, it feels like Shoeless Joe, right, Ross? I mean, this is like—is this not the Black Sox? I mean, like, I, like I know it's different, right? But this is the Black Sox, and I, I, look, we've always suspected these sorts of things, right? And you know, I think the willingness to tank, and this goes back, really. I mean, suck for luck was what ten years ago now, um, and so. Like, as the importance of the quarterback. I mean, one thing that's sort of always protected football from this sort of thing, you know, as it happens in the NBA, is, well, football is such a team sport, and so one player can't make that big a difference, can't make, like, the sort of difference that getting LeBron James with the first overall pick made for the Cavaliers in 2003. But now the quarterback position, you know, the, 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 the importance of the quarterback position has rise, risen to the level where teams are looking at doing this and saying, is it worth it? Because, you know, if we can create stability for the next 15 or 20 years, the most important position of the field, you know, we've got a ticket to being a consistent winner. 
And so like you can see the incentive and how the incentive has changed over the years. And I mean, yeah, I, I think at a time Ross where like the NFL is doing, um, and I know who's the title sponsor here, but the NFL is doing, um, you know, doing deals with uh, like gambling companies left and right. And that floodgate is open and, you know, whether it's, you know, a DraftKings or it's a Caesars or, you know, it's, um, you know, an online sports book, whatever it is, like now you're doing deals with gambling companies and there's that idea that the games aren't on the level, which is, I mean, if this is, if there's any sort of paper trail here, I, I would think that this would be the sort of, this would be the sort of accusation that could force a, the, the league to, to, to get an owner to sell. And I like, I just think it's one of those things like, Anything that has to do with the outcomes of the games or the integrity of the game has to be taken most seriously. So, obviously, Brian Flores' um, intention in doing what he did was to um, just to, was to address the diversity problem across the NFL and how minority coaches have been treated over the last 19 years. But yeah, I mean, there's no question it doesn't get much more serious when it comes to the games themselves than the implication that an owner was was uh, was involved in fixing the outcomes. So that's the question in my mind. What does the standard of evidence need to be? And what is the process for Stephen Ross and discipline? So, I mean, the most... All right, so like, I, 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 the, I think the evidence would almost require a paper trail. And... I, the hard thing about that is like, where did you put that in writing? Right? Like, so like, I, I can't imagine Ross would be dumb enough to put that in a contract. Right. Um, is there a check like out there? Cause it sounded like from, from what you read in the lawsuit um, that Flores was offered, you know, offered the incentive and turned it down. So is there any sort of paper trail? And if there's not, I mean, I can tell you, you know, just having kind of, you know, sniffed around this a little bit. I think what Ross is going to say is that he was joking around, you know, I, and, I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. And I think that that's probably I mean, and then how can you prove that he wasn't, you know, like unless there's some sort of recording out there, because I can't imagine it's going to be in a contract. And if he never wrote a check, like, like, how are you going to prove it? Then it becomes he said, she said. And if one side is saying well, you know, he offered me this and the other side saying, well, I was joking. How do you, how do you prove he wasn't? Right. Cause I was going to say, if there's somebody else, a witness that says they heard it, right. then you got two people saying they heard it, then he can't really deny it. But I always thought he'd say he was joking and was just intimating that, you know, uh, building for the future wasn't the worst outcome that year. You right, know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like it wasn't like that was like some sort of like secret like foreign. Yeah, it wasn't like that was a foreign con I mean they traded like half the roster before Flores' first year, right? Like they were offloading guys left and right, loading up on draft picks. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick. They traded Laramie Tunsil. I I mean the word tank was synonymous with the Dolphins that fall, you know? So it's not like the idea of it was novel. And is, is it Chris Greer text enough? There's supposedly some Chris Greer text. I don't know what Chris Greer's text could have said, but is a is a text from the GM saying, 
listen, man, you know, we all get a hundred grand or you get a hundred grand. If you lose these games, if there's a text in there, then yeah, then that would be, that'd be pretty damning. Wouldn't it? Cause yeah. then it's a little harder to say. Cause if, if it's a text from Chris Greer, well, then there's a level of organization to it too. Right. Like, cause it's not just like, Hey, I saw you in the hallway. Ha ha. I'll give you a hundred grand. If you, if you tank this game against Buffalo this week, you know what I mean? Like if there's a text message, than that, like, and it's from somebody else, like, then that would imply some level of organization what was going on. So uh, here's what I don't understand, Albert. The lawsuit. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get back to the issues with minority hiring. What what could they gain from it? Like, what what could come from it? Because where I struggle is I don't know how you really fix it. I said on this show... I don't know if it was yesterday or two days ago. Mm -hmm. I believe, Albert, that these owners will do whatever they think it takes to win. Yeah, I mean, we've seen these guys sign Greg Hardy, draft Joe Mixon after that video. I mean, try to trade for Deshaun Watson, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I believe these owners will do whatever it takes to win. The problem is when they interview... These candidates, they believe that the white candidate gives them a better chance right. to win, right or wrong. Yeah. And I just don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you change their brain or their heart or their gut or whatever to say, no, the black candidate would give you a better chance to win. It's really hard because you're right. Like, And I think... You know, people taking aim at the league office, and trust me, I'm you know me, I'm, I'm willing to criticize 345 Park. I have no problem with that. I like, I don't know how you take aim at the league office here, and I think like this really is an issue of the owners and the league office. You know, to my understanding, Roger Goodell, Troy Vincent, all the guys in the league office have worked really hard to try to create incentives, to try to um, create opportunity. They've done everything they can to try to improve this issue. It doesn't, doesn't benefit them not to. It benefits them to try and do their best to, to you know, put as many minority candidates in the best position to, to compete for these jobs. So you're right. It's 100% about the owners and the individual owners. And, you know, I, I think, you know, it's sort of one of those not-in-my-backyard things where there are owners that are, like, you know, very much for this stuff and very much for there being incentives in the rules. And then you look at their record and the record shows, like you said, that maybe they just look at the white candidate as more qualified. And that's a problem because how do you change that? Um, it's hard. It's really hard. And so, so what, what, like, I, I guess what I've never understood from this is what could come from the lawsuit. Like, I, I totally get that theoretically pressure, the NFL pressure. could have to pay Flores I mean, or the other people millions of dollars yeah. or whatever. Like, I, I get that part of it. But I guess the meaningful change they're looking for, I I don't know what that means. I think as much as anything else, Ross, it's just it's an like somehow you got to put pressure on them, right? Like so, I think that that really is what it is. Is like let's put pressure on them to 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 really take a harder look at people and really turn over every rock and you know, and really force them to be intentional about it. And I think the Roonies are the best example. This is the one that's always brought up, and I don't want to, like, turn this into a cliche or anything, but, like, I mean, you remember this as well as I do. Russ Grimm. Yeah, when Bill Cowher walked away 
there were two candidates and like like all of us in the public, like two candidates and two candidates only were were real legitimate for that one. Russ Grimm and Ken Wisenhunt. And everyone thought that one of those two guys was getting the job and the other guy was going to be one of his assistants and they were going to build on what they don't with Bill Cower. And like the Roonies decided we are going to open this up and we are going to be open minded and we are going to let this take us wherever it leads us. And it led them to a coach who has gone 15 years without a losing season and who has won a Super Bowl and been to two. And so, you know, I think like the, like, I don't know if you can force owners to think like the Roonies, but, you know, I think that they want to push more people to be like, to, 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 to operate like the Roonies did in 2007. Um, and again, it's a really hard thing because how do you change the way people think? I don't know. Um, but I think the idea of bringing it into the courts is to put more pressure on those guys to do so. And again, Ross, I think the one thing that's important here too, there are a lot of good candidates this year. And I think that's a huge part of the frustration, you know, like, I just think that that piece of it, there's, there, there are, I would say a good half dozen candidates that I like, I think are on par with any, like, and that's not to denigrate any of the white candidates. There are good white candidates too, but there are probably about a half dozen you know, black candidates that I think were really sort of in position to get jobs and that they're over for sixth right now isn't great. Which ones are still open right now? Houston? Houston, Saints, Dolphins. Got it. Yeah. So I like the Saints have the Saints have taken a look at a good number of people, but there's a thought that that's going to be Dennis Allen, right? Because that's sort of been the plan. Dennis Allen's been the coach and waiting there for a while. And then Houston, I mean, it feels to me right now like the two guys who have the best shot at the job are Josh McCown and Jonathan Cannon. Now, Flores could be in the mix there. He and Casario have a, have a really good relationship. But the feedback I've gotten is that maybe those guys think that they're both a little too, too type A to work together. So we'll see. Maybe they work that out. Maybe Flores winds up there. And then you have Miami – where I think Mike McDaniel is a who is half black, you know, and who is the subject of a whole thing with Deadspin and everything else like a couple of weeks ago. But Mike McDaniel, who is who is half black, um, I think he's got a good shot shot at that job down there. Um, I didn't know that, by the way. Right, nobody. Mike McDaniel, the, the Niners OC, Niners that went to Yeah. Right, so that was the deadspin thing. The deadspin because he he looks he looks let's call it what it is. He sort of like looks white, like the like deadspin kind of put him up as like the the face of privilege because he went to Yale and he's a Shanahan guy. Yeah, and his father is black. Wow, that's really interesting. Right, um, and he's brilliant, by the way. Like he is. Yeah, I mean that's he's like the he's like the other side of Shanahan's brain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like if you look at it, the one thing that's interesting about him, and I know we're getting off track here, if you look at all the guys that that Kyle Shanahan has had had with him over the last fourteen years since he became the coordinator in Houston in two thousand and eight, Mike McDaniel is the only assistant that he's brought everywhere with him. Wow. Yeah. That's he's to every single place with him. Yeah. So there so, you go. Um, the last question, Albert, you mm-hmm. kind of hinted at, I'm surprised. You, you think Brian Flores works in the NFL again? Yes. The reason why is because I was at the Senior Bowl this week, and, um, 
you know, I obviously know a lot of people who are in that sort of Patriot circle, that Patriot family, the amount of loyalty I saw towards Flores and look like I, I'm not even sure that I'm not even sure that Brian Flores, like, like, I think the danger, we, the, 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 the danger in, in this case is that we look into the details of the case and like, we miss the forest for the trees, you know, because I do think that there's some things there where there, the, there are some things that happen in Miami that don't paint Flores in the most positive light. That said, all of those Patriots guys to a man, they're loyal to him. They respect him. And there are so many of them out there across the NFL. So, you know, I, I don't know where um, and specifically he would land, but there are so many of those Patriot guys that I think are so loyal to, to flow um, that I have to think that at the very least he could go be an assistant somewhere. And I don't know if he wants to do that. Maybe he wants to take a year off if he doesn't get a head coaching job. But I do think that that opportunity would be out there for him. Maybe with like a Josh McDaniels out in Vegas. Um, it, like I, I, The way I look at it is uh, because of how good he is at his job, because of the amount of respect he has from the New England people, and because of how, so, how much most of the New England people like him, um, if he weren't to get an opportunity, if this is the last we see of Brian Flores in the NFL, then I think something pretty fishy is probably going on. Wow, that's really interesting. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I I would have thought you're releasing private text messages, you're calling out owners. I would have thought owners would not want that guy working for them. There are a lot of people, though. I mean, I'll tell you, that, and, and that's why I'm saying, like, unless there's some sort of organized effort to keep him out after this, I think the football people, Specifically, the football people that have worked with him, he'll find work because, I mean, I, I a lot of them respect him more for doing this. You know what I mean? Like so, right? Like I, like I think that if it's, if it's up to the football people, he'll definitely work in the NFL again. Now, if he wants to take a year off, you know, that's his choice. Obviously, he's still being paid by the Dolphins um, for the next couple of years, um, and if um, and, and 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 like. But if if he does want to coach again, I think that opportunity will be out there for him. Check him out on social media at Albert Breer. Read his column over at the MMQB.com. It is excellent. Thank you, Albert. Awesome. Thanks, Ross. Man, I love that dude. So knowledgeable. He's all over it. You know what else I love? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. They are giving new customers. I know there have been some new states recently. New York, Louisiana, 56 to 1 odds on either team. Get it? Super Bowl 56. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience Super Bowl 56 with same game parlays. We'll talk about this on the Even Money podcast next week. The key, though, either way, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code ROSS, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code ROSS at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Chuck's Takes. 
Morning, Ross. Uh, let's start with both John Elway and the New York Giants issued statements yesterday in response to the Brian, Brian Flores lawsuit that uh, you and Albert were discussing. So I guess what jumps out to me there, Brian, is I thought it was sort of strange that Brian Flores even included the Broncos. You know, a disheveled appearance and hungover John Elway, which he denies. I mean, I don't know. First of all, is is it illegal to be disheveled and hungover? I don't know. If it is, then I have been illegal at times hosting this show. Um, at, at, you know, secondly, it just seems like the 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 Dolphins thing with Stephen Ross is very serious and very strong. And the Giants thing, he's got the text messages from Belichick. The Broncos thing just seems like a weird add-on to me. I, I never really understood that one. I think his point is that it was a it was a token interview, which is a whole other topic, by the way. I mean, if you're going to have the Rooney rule, you're probably going to have some of the interviews are going to be teams that already have an idea who they want, and they do that because they need to satisfy the Rooney rule, right or wrong. The Giants statement uh, was a little bit more interesting because they really went into detail there about how they had not hired Dayball. That's the thing, right? Had they already decided they were hiring Dayball, or was he just more or less the leader in the clubhouse? I think that's uh, an interesting aspect of it to me. Takes. According to multiple reports, the Jaguars have a new head coach. It's former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. So two thoughts here. Number one, really happy for Doug Peterson. When I did the preseason games in 2019, um, love that guy. He helped me out when I couldn't talk. He's an awesome dude. And in his four years as head coach of the Eagles, they went to the Super Bowl three – I mean, they went to the playoffs three times and won the division twice. They won the Super Bowl. They beat New England. You know what's talking about a resume – I don't know anybody has a better resume than Doug Peterson. So I think he does deserve a chance to be a head coach again. I know people are surprised that he took the Jacksonville job and thought there might be better opportunities there. But he already sat out a year. I don't think he wanted to sit out another year. And I think he thinks there are benefits of being in Jacksonville. It sounds, by the way, like the Jags wanted to hire Byron Lefwich, their former quarterback. But Byron Lefwich was not comfortable with Trent Baalke as the GM which is totally his right. And By- Byron Leftwich is probably thinking, look, I might only get one shot at this. I want to make sure I feel good about the GM. Totally respect Byron Leftwich's decision there. But it does sound like that is, might be an example of, um, of a black coach that was going to get hired and essentially turned it down, which is totally his right. Um, but that does change the number a little bit. Look, the bottom line is what I said earlier. It, there should be more black head coaches. It's bizarre that there's not, but we know why there's not. I think the owners, whatever reason, when they have these interviews, these meetings, they think the white candidates are better. I don't know how you fix that, but I think that's what they need to try to fix. Takes. Another notable coordinator hire in New York is the Giants signed Chiefs quarterback coach Mike Kafka. It's funny, I saw Mike on Sunday at the AFC Championship game, and I hadn't seen him up for any interviews. I know he had interviewed for head coaching jobs before, and I said, Mike, no interviews? He's like, ah, we'll see. 
So I think he knew something might be up. I know something's up with Valentine's Day for some of you. It's 10 days away. Now is the perfect time to go to myfrontpagestory.com. I talk about it a lot around Valentine's Day. You know how I feel about it. Just go check it out. Just look at some of the pictures, some of the videos. Myfrontpagestory.com. I am extremely confident you will realize it is the best gift you could possibly give your significant other. Let's do an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address, ross at rostucker.com. I love the email questions. If you take advantage of any sponsors, DraftKings, my front page story, whatever, send me the email, ross at rostucker.com, and we will roll from there. Question today comes from Matt from Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Ross, love listening to your show daily. Question for you, why are the linemen allowed to push the running back to gain extra yardage? This isn't rugby, and I'm not a big fan of this. Do you think the competition committee would ever look at this? It seems like it's done all the time now. Wow, Matt, that's so interesting that you said you're not a big fan of this. I would think stylistically everybody's a big fan of that. I think it looks awesome. I think it's natural. I don't think it happens all the time. I mean, if there's a pile, you're taught to push the pile. I mean, as a lineman, that's why you lift all those weights. It, it's weird. I think what's weird is if the, if the running back's fighting for extra yards and you're supposed to just stand there and watch him, I think you should be able to come from behind and push him forward. I think that's part of the fun. That's the way it would be if you were in your backyard and when you're 10 years old, that's the way it should be in the NFL. I don't think they'll look at it, Matt. I think they have looked at it and they've said it's okay. Now, I believe you're still not allowed to pull. You're not allowed to pull them forward. You are allowed to push them forward, which I think is awesome. I couldn't disagree with you more, to be honest with you. Shout-outs, by the way, to SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, Sportaculture. No idea why I say it like that. I hope the Sportaculture folks like it. I say it like that every time. And then Pizza Boy Brewing. I might be going there over the next couple of days, actually. It's been a while. Delicious. Other than that, we will be back bright and early Monday. I got a surprise guest for you guys Monday. Who you're going to love. Actually, I'll just tell you who it is. It's Greg Cosell. I got Greg Cosell breaking down the Super Bowl on Monday before he goes out to L.A. Because I want to make sure he is in his normal NFL films environment. So get ready for the GC on Monday morning, bright and early. I think we're done here. No winners today? Oh, gosh. Bri. That's, that is Bri providing value. Yes. Spread the word winner. Jason Pickering. Dude has been everywhere. I mean everywhere. I see it Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. He decided he wanted to be the winner. Jason Pickering has been retweeting and quote tweeting and everything. I love that. I love when a guy just says, you know what? I want this press pass. I'm going to just go all out. Sponsor confirmation winner. How, how about Philip Anderson with manly bands? Love it, Philip. Love you getting some manly bands. That's a cool Valentine's Day gift. If you want to get something for a significant other, a different wedding band. Now, they're mainly for men. So for the ladies that watch, 
that's a cool thing to get your husband for Valentine's Day, a new secondary wedding band, Manly Bands. And then the YouTube shout-out, Mark Walsh. Mark, Philip, let me know. Well, well, Philip, let me know what press pass you want or sign picture card. Mark, let me know who you want the shout-out for. Great job, Bri. I would have forgotten. Now I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 